everyone, welcome to another Opposites React. It is episode 122 on June 8th, 2022. Too many 22s. My name is Sarah and I'm here with Tyler. How are you, Tyler? Good, thanks. Uh, for those that obviously, you know, can't see us right now, not that you can usually see us anyways, but we're recording this a little differently tonight because we're sitting with a mic between us and cats on either side of us. So if you hear a lot of weird noises and purring, you'll know why. <laughs> we're sort of doing this on a small table because Sarah didn't have her other mic hooked up. Nope. So we got to share. Is that so bad? No. I have a, I have the penultimate question. You yeah. saw No Time to Die three times. You saw Top Gun three times. What was the better movie experience? You finally saw an IMAX yesterday. Oh, that's tough. Um, from, from a pure spectacle standpoint, Top Gun Maverick was insane in IMAX. It got better. It, that movie got better every time I saw it. And No Time to Die didn't? Uh, no Time to Die was like, I don't know, like they're both great movies, obviously, but you know, No Time to Die sort of has, I guess you'd call it a twist towards the end. So once you, your first your first initial viewing of No Time to Die is probably going to be amazing like mine was, if you're anything, any kind of a Bond fan. But after that, maybe it loses a little bit of its luster on repeat viewings, whereas with Top Gun, I feel like there's so many scenes in that movie, especially the last half hour of that movie where it's just pure adrenaline. Mm. And especially seeing an IMAX, like my heart was just racing and the <laughs> seats were vibrating and it was... It was a great, great movie experience. I'm very glad I got to see an IMAX. And I, I know I'm really rubbing salt in the wound here for one of our listeners. And I apologize, Dan, that you couldn't come see it with me. But uh, maybe they'll re-release it in IMAX again in the future. I don't <laughs> you know. Wish. We'll do a petition. We'll bring it back out for Dan. <laughs> Just for Dan. Yeah. <laughs> we're starting the petition right now. <laughs> but no, that's... Um, crazy thing actually how how good this year's already been for movies i mean it's only we're, we're we just started june and i mean this year alone we got uh i'm not going to particular order just off the top of my head but yeah you, you know top gun maverick you got um uh the batman uh everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. all three of those were amazing film experiences this year i feel like i'm missing one more that was good but not great maybe did i miss anything else at the beginning of the year that i saw in theaters well, those three for sure stand out. And I'm not sure. I don't think there's much else coming out the rest of the summer, though. The summer's a little dry for, like... Isn't it usually kids' movies in the summer? Yeah. Like, there's that the new Lightyear is coming out, I think, oh, next... Oh, I totally forgot that existed. I think it's next week, yeah. Sonic should come out in Blu-ray soon, I assume. Yep. Should be out in a couple months or so. Uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of trailers and stuff I see lately on YouTube are uh, for stuff that's coming to streaming services. Same. And Netflix, Amazon... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like this summer for theater experiences might not be as as big as past years. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of stuff backed up to the, the fall. Fall. Actually, sorry, I forgot. There was one thing. I guess technically it's still in summer. It got pushed into August, I think. But uh, there's the the new Brad Pitt one coming out in August. First week of August, I think it's called Bullet Train. Uh, oh, that looks fun. They're, they played a trailer for that before. Talk on Maverick. That looks pretty fun. You don't think they're gonna do something this summer where like on the weekends they'll do. I think a re-release of a movie that didn't do so well because of COVID. It's possible. Even even this year already, like on weekends, they'll replay older movies. And yep. I'm just wondering if like they're going to go to the more recent catalog. Uh, I doubt it, but we'll see. Is there anything else you've been up to? Not really. You know me, playing the same things. You've been playing a little bit of the new Fortnite season. Well, yeah. Playing more of that than Apex. 
Well, yes, because Apex causes turning red. <laughs> you know, they they really picked up the, um, the pace with the MLB content, so that's keeping mm-hmm. me pretty occupied. Yeah. Finished the Battle Royale program the other day. Actually, I'm proud to say that I, I have done all three phases of the Battle Royale program so far. Every month they sort of reset it, and I've hit them like the, the not the max, but like the 100 level for the reward every month. I've done it so far. Um, I definitely fell off the ranked grind, though. I was, was going to say you were doing good in ranked. What yeah, happened? I don't know. I just ranked is sweaty. <laughs> well, of course it is. <laughs> um, and I like to change up my lineups every once in a while. I, my ranked record is still good. I think I'm like 29 and 11. And some of those losses were not your fault. Yeah, like server issues and stuff early yeah. on. But yeah, once I finish off this new uh, monthly program that just came out the other day, I'll probably have it done by the weekend. And then, uh, actually, it's kind of funny. Well, no, because what's, t- what's today? I'm trying to think. I think the Battle Royale program resets on Tuesday. So if I finish the monthly program by the weekend, then I'll... Uh, Maybe I'll play some ranked, but I haven't also been doing any of the events either. I don't find the events very interesting. The rewards. I don't aren't think worth you're alone it. in that. And yeah, you know, it's it's nice like when they drop these big content dumps. I guess you could call it. Uh, where a lot of it is offline. You can do it. You can mm-hmm. do well. You can do it online. A lot of it you can also just do offline. Don't you get only like and, half the experience though? Um, or is that just the parallels or whatever the heck they call it now? Well, you you definitely rank up faster playing online. Mm-hmm. Uh Especially with pitchers, like pitcher XP, you get a lot more playing online than you do playing like Conquest or mini seasons and stuff. But no, it's it's still good. Like the they've released a couple of patches in the last month that have helped with some of the gameplay issues people have been having. Okay, that's good. So they're tweaking it as they go. Which, they keep trying. Yeah, they always do. And you have you kept up with the sh- the Barry show? Yep. Yeah, I'm still keeping up with Barry. Uh, yeah, they drop new episodes of that every Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Actually, there's only one more episode left in this season. Oh. Which is good timing, too. I think, I think my <laughs> crave subscription. I think my crave runs out June 18th. So okay. June, what's the Sunday? 12th, I think. Yeah. It'll be uh, the last episode for that season. That's and, good. And uh, I've also been, I mean, this only came out last Friday, but I watched the first three episodes of The Boys season three on Prime. Oh, my gosh. Totally didn't know that existed. Yep. So I'm waiting for a new episode out to drop on Friday. When do you find time to watch all this? When you're in bed. <laughs> Probably. I should have guessed. Stay up late. Like, I'm, I must be sleeping. Yeah. I'm sad when I fell asleep to Danny Jansen fracturing his hand. That was sad. Yeah, I saw that happen. That was a that was a rough break for him. Yeah. So you got some sports talk tonight? I do have some sports talk. So I want to talk about... We're going to talk about several different types of sports. Lacrosse. Going to stick to uh, team sports here. Rugby. So, not not going to talk about golf or um, tennis. Tennis can be doubles, but yeah, the tennis won't really fit my argument for this case here. I'm mainly talking about the what I call you know the big four: you know, baseball, hockey, football, basketball. We can also throw soccer in there too. And I'm not a huge soccer fan. This topic could kind of apply to that. You'll see where I'm going with this. But I kind of want to talk because I think it's interesting to talk about the differences in each sport for those maybe who aren't fans of the size of the ball. No. Uh, let's talk about the differences between the different ways that a sporting event can end. And specifically what I want, I'm going to be more specific here. I'm going to say, and I'm going to have to tweak this obviously for a couple of the sports on this list, but it can apply to most of them. Let's just focus on the last two minutes okay. of a sporting event. That mm-hmm. applies to most of these. And not baseball, obviously, there's no clock per se. It's but like the final inning kind of Yeah, thing. we'll call it the final inning for 
for because let's be honest here like the the final two minutes and when i say two minutes i mean like a running clock the final two minutes of an nfl game or an nba game can take like 20 minutes yeah depending on all all the stoppages and timeouts and stuff but because the time works differently yeah so i'm not gonna go in any particular order here um Let's just start with, I mean, two minutes is a good a good example, too, because it applies to a couple of sports specifically, like take football, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, NFL, let's say. Uh, I think CFL and college football have slightly different rules when it comes to this. But NFL, you have what everybody calls the, two, the what's commonly known as the two-minute warning. Mm-hmm. For halftime and the end of the game. At the end yeah. of, like, the second half. Of the, but let's just keep it to the end of the yeah. fourth quarter for this example. So mm-hmm. let's, say, let's say it's end of the fourth quarter and a game's either tied or, like, within three points, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for those maybe who aren't familiar with football or NFL rules, um, so like, let's say a team runs a play with like two Oh five on the clock. They're, they run, they, they run a play up the middle, like a running play. Um, once the clock hits two minutes, it stops. Right. And then it's sort of like an automatic timeout time for both a teams. TV timeout right, kind, of kind of thing. So from that point on, depending on how the team has managed the game to this point, mm-hmm. they may, may or may not have any timeouts left mm-hmm. to use during that two minute stretch mm-hmm. um because every half they're they get three timeouts per half right so let's say and do uh, they lose them if they lose challenges uh yeah so you get because well, you get two challenges per game yeah and if you yeah, if you lose a challenge you lose a timeout yeah so okay. you're right potentially you could you could have none or you could have yeah lots now that being said i mean it's not the end all be all there's been lots of time it all depends really comes down to the skill of your quarterback because good quarterbacks can run a two-minute warning with no timeouts no problem yes because like let's just say the other team just scored and tied the game they kick off the ball to you so of course you know kickoffs nowadays you just kind of automatically get the ball to 20 or 20 25 now 25 yeah maybe it's 25 so let's say you got your two-minute run so so obviously during that two-minute period depending on where you are on the field um the usual go-to is you want to try and uh, run plays along the sidelines so you can get out of bounds and stop the clock again, especially if you have no, no timeout stuff. You don't want to be r- probably running the ball much uh, or throwing over the middle. Because if the play ends and you're not out of bounds, the clock does not stop. Yeah. The clock keeps running. But if you get out of bounds, I mean, the clock stops. I mean, obviously, if it's an incomplete pass, the clock still stops. Yes. But if it's a running play or a completed catch and you don't get out of bounds, then, yeah, the clock keeps keep running. running. So this could work for or against your strategy, depending on where you are at this point in the game. You know, the problem that too is like let's say or say your quarterback gets sacked, um, mm. and of course you got no timeout, so he you got to get up either well potentially we obviously got to run another play really quickly, but let's just say you get sacked like when you're, you're already within field goal range, you're trying to tie or win the game, so mm-hmm. the quarterback might get up and just choose to spike the ball to yes. stop the clock. Now, Gives up a down, basically but... give up a down, but you can stop the clock. The final two minutes of an NFL game. If it's close, like more than a touchdown, let's say, uh, it can be really exhilarating because even though there is usually a lot of stoppages, whether it's plays going out of bounds or teams calling timeouts, incomplete passes, there's just like, you know, football is the ultimate chess game. It's all about strategy. Yeah. And clock management, I think, is the main yeah, thing. Yeah. Clock management can make definitely make or break. There's been lots of coaches that have screwed over their teams with terrible clock management over the years. You know, Mike McCarthy. and I feel like <laughs> the last two minutes of the game yeah. are like as if like the computer kind of set you up with uh, t- like your score and who you're against in the last two minutes and then you play out those two minutes because they're like the most exciting part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like nobody cares about the, the, the other quarters or anything. It's the last two minutes where everything happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, potentially like let's say say your team sort of fails in their two-minute warning. They don't advance as, as far as they, they wanted to. or So if a team is usually anywhere around midfield, around around the 
uh, other team's like 45 yard line, they'll um, towards the end of the game, if you don't have a hope, you kind of just go for what they call a hail mary. Yeah. You hope your QB's got a strong arm, you just kind of huck it in the end zone. You put your tallest guys over there, and you hope that someone either tips it to you because it's, mm-hmm. it's very rare to just get a direct catch on a hail mary. You just yeah. hope someone tips it or. Because refs will almost never call a penalty on a Hail Mary either. Like, no. Guys will all be grabbing each other in the end zone. Yeah. They're not going to call anything. So, but yeah, I mean, the, the end of the NFL games are, the last two minutes are, are always intense. Mm-hmm. If it, like I said, if it's close, obviously. But, um, you know, there's nothing like a last minute, like 60 yard field goal with time expiring up to, you know, as soon as the ball is kicked and, you know, everybody's holding their breath and then the announcer, or you, you usually don't even. You just watch to see what the refs, especially if it's a close kick, you watch the refs to see if it was over the crossbar or if it just missed. The best one is shanks off. You're just, that's you, the you worst. just hear those thunks. Dun- when yeah, it when you hear the, that. And, yeah. Sometimes the thunks and goes in anyway. That's true. What's the worst thing about NFL and the NFL games, though? The worst thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. The cheesy like interviews after the game. What no. are you saying? What? The only sport that ends with a, can end with a tie. Oh, well, you're saying, yeah, if they go to overtime. Mm-hmm. Correct, yes. I, I do hate the NFL games getting in ties. That needs to go away. <laughs> it really screws up the standings. Yeah, it's dumb. All right, well, let's transition to hockey for a second. Because hockey is kind of well, similar in a, in a fashion. That, okay, so let's say, again, uh, you got a team down by one or two goals. Generally, what the plan is for the team that's losing when they're within two minutes or just under two minutes is they're usually going to try and pull their goalie. Yes. To get an extra man on the ice so they can... Try and score and get the advantage, obviously. Mm-hmm. So but you leave your net wide open. Yeah, it's a huge risk because, like I said, I mean, if, if the other team manages to just, you know, poke it, it you know, just like poke it up the middle, like slap it down the ice and, and hit the net, or obviously they don't necessarily want to just shoot it from their blue line because if they miss the net, it's going to be an icing anyway, right? Yeah. So they want, usually they try and will skate like towards mid ice and try and flick it in from there. But, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously, like I said, if you, are lucky enough if you're losing you're lucky enough for the other team to get a penalty and you're already on the power play then you're like you know do you risk even going from like a five on four to a six on four if mm-hmm. you pull the goalie at that point right so again the final two minutes of a hockey game can be really intense because there's usually not too many whistles uh like obviously That's you true. know if the, if the opposing goalie is going to smother the puck every chance he gets try and give his team a breather do a line change what um, sport has more whistles would it be basketball or hockey i think it's definitely basketball okay yeah. so i think hockey's the because hockey is like well you say you can almost say the same thing for basketball though it's rare but for hockey you can have several stretches where you can have like seven eight minutes yeah. of, of no whistles i love that if the team just if no one's icing it no one's taking a penalty yeah. or, or shooting the puck over the ice in the stands it's like it's yeah hockey can be very consistent action. the last two minutes i'm like always holding my breath when they pull the goalie i'm yeah. just like <gasps> now mind you again like in in hockey um i i may be wrong i'm not an nhl so i may be wrong on this i don't remember do they only get one timeout per game or is it one per period i feel like it's one per game is it only one per game i feel it's more than one per game it might be two per game two maybe it's very rare you see teams take a timeout early in the game unless they're getting like absolutely just like they're down like four nothing in the first 10 minutes and the coach takes a timeout but get morale back usually i think it's one i think usually coaches will save their timeout for like the last two minutes of the game or one minute when they're trying to that either so to get the team over to like you know drop a strategy on the chalk yes, uh, the little whiteboard little whiteboard <laughs> or even just to give the guys a breather before mm-hmm. they do like their final push but yeah well yeah the final two minutes of hockey games can definitely again if you're within like one or two goals it's, it's always intense mm-hmm. you know, everybody's scr- you know you got a scrum in the corner for the puck everybody's mm-hmm. trying not to get a penalty obviously because you don't want to uh be short or or screw over your chances of have a comeback so yeah 
I like um, Apple TV app. It will like send me a message when there's like two minutes left of a game to be like, this is a close game. You should probably turn it on. I'm like, okay, I'll turn it on for the last two minutes. Sure. <laughs> I know, right? Now I'll admit my, my least favorite of any sport to watch in the final two minutes is probably basketball. Because it just takes... And I get it. We're not basketball fans, though, to be We're fair. We're not, but, but even even when I was really into basketball, like when I was younger, my middle school or even high school years, I still kind of despise the last two minutes of a game because it's just... I, I get the design of it, but... So if your team... If you're the losing team... Now, mind you, they get a lot of timeouts in basketball, too. I think they get... They do. It? They get, like, six or seven timeouts per half, and... Per half? Yeah, and, and they have different time... Like, I think some of them are what? Some of them are, like, a one-minute timeout, and some are 30-second timeouts? Oh, that's true. Yes, There's I remember that. Types of, I remember that. Yeah. So... Not seven, though. Jeez Louise. I'm pretty sure, but... um. So, generally speaking, if your team is losing, like, say, within, I don't know, 10 or 12 points at the end of a game... Um, I mean, at that point, you're probably you're if you're losing, you're probably resorting to shooting three pointers a lot to try and yeah. catch up because you don't really have time to run a lot of set plays mm-hmm. in the paint and stuff like that. But um, the problem too is once you get within like say four or five, maybe even six points, when the other team has the ball, you're basically just trying to foul them. And, yeah, and, 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 so ide- silly. and ideally, you're trying you're trying to intentionally foul usually the worst free throw shooter on yeah. their team mm-hmm. because again, for those that don't know basketball, when they get fouled. Because uh, towards the end, because the, again, there's so, there's so many. Obviously, if you foul someone in the act of shooting, it's always going to be free throws. If you foul someone while they're just dribbling, like you reach in or whatever, yeah. that's not always going to result in free throws until you exceed a, a threshold. There's a threshold where you get so many personal fouls and a half. Yeah. And at that point, any foul becomes a free throw foul. Okay. Right. So usually towards the end of the game, there's already so many fouls in the half that any, any you can literally just grab the guy's jersey and hold him back, and it's like, okay, well that's. I thought all technical fouls ended up in a free throw. Technicals do, yeah. Okay. But the thing, the, the thing with the technical is the team that that shoots the free throws, the technical, they still get the ball back after the technical. Oh, right? that's true. So it's whereas you know, obviously, when it comes to a regular shooting foul, the free yeah. throws, if if the other team makes their yeah. final free throw, the other team gets the ball. If they miss mm-hmm. it, then everybody's got to try and go for the rebound. But. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, towards the end of the game, the idea is you're trying to foul. Just people slapping each other. Yeah, you're just you're just holding them and pushing them and, and trying to do everything you can to like literally just chasing guys around and, and just reaching in to try yeah. and incite a foul. It's just silly. Well, yeah, again, I, I get the strategy of it, and it's been that way for years and years. It's not like this is a new phenomenon or anything, but but the st- yeah, it's just a silly. But I mean, it, it can be kind of intense toward if you have a really close like you're, like I said, you're within three or four points at the end of the game because mm-hmm. the other team, say the other team. Um, misses their free throw and then the defending team um they catch the ball they're either gonna try and push up the court or if they have time they might take a timeout so they can go back to the bench coach can drop a strategy put his subs in right get the proper guys on the court yeah um the thing is too like remember you have to usually so say you rebound the ball ideally if you have time you want to try and get past half before you call a timeout because then you get the ball on that side of the half, right? Okay. And if yep. you call a timeout just right under your net to rebound it, then you still got to inbound the ball from right. your end, go all the way back up the court. So ideally, you want to get pass it up past half court, call a timeout there. Yeah. And then you get, you know, Steph Curry in the corner for a three. That's usually <laughs> the go to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, uh, yeah. And most like there's a there's a, there's tons of NBA games or even college basketball games that can, like it comes down to the final shot at the buzzer right whether it's for the win or the tie mm-hmm. it's always intense when a guy like drains a three with like mm-hmm. no time left and you see the you see the the guy like jumps like does like a fade fade away three mm-hmm. and you see the light go because it's cool when they add that light on the backboard yeah it's true so that you knew when the uh, 
if you got the shot off before the clock hits zero. Mm. As long as the as long as the guy releases the ball before the, the ball doesn't have to be in the net when it's zero. He just has no, to put in the ball in his hand yeah. before the clock hits zero. Yeah. So they'll have to put the lights on the back of the of the scoreboard now so it's easier because a lot of times they have to go to instant replay if it's like within like mm-hmm. a millisecond. Mm-hmm. Refs are watching to see like did the ball leave his fingers before <laughs> your the finger light went hairs on. on yeah. the end of your middle finger. So Yeah. I mean everybody remembers like the what was it now? Three years ago, like, I'm so bad with dates, but uh, it was it three years ago when the Raptors had that run. I feel run. like it was like when they won. Yeah, like I think Ka- it was three. Kawhi. When Kawhi hit that three pointer in the corner, yeah, was, yeah. Um, it can be intense. I just really don't like the act of slapping people to get yeah, intentional and, fouls. Yeah, and, and it does get redundant. So every time after the free throws, like smack. It's, it's okay, like time, let's it's walk timeout. Back. Like, timeout. Let's run a new play, which. I mean, again, mm-hmm. these guys are—they already know what the plays are. So, yeah. yeah, there's only so many you can do. Okay, you do a pick, you do a pick and roll here, and then you know he you put him in the paint for the rebound in case you miss the three, mm-hmm. and then you know there's yeah only so much you can do. But yep. yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it I just hate how like the last two minutes of an NBA game can take, can take like no joke like almost half an hour sometimes. It's true. Yeah. Like I <laughs> when when Apple tells me about the last two mm-hmm. minutes of a basketball game, I'm like. I'll, I'll turn on 20 minutes because it still won't be done. <laughs> now let's go to soccer for a minute before we go to baseball because mm-hmm. the baseball doesn't have a clock per se. But uh, soccer is an interesting one because, and I'm, I'll admit, I'm very ignorant about soccer. So most of our listeners can probably email me next week and tell me what a, an idiot I am for getting, <laughs> getting this wrong. But, Sarah is emailing right now. So you've played much more soccer than I have and maybe you've even watched more soccer. I'm not a big FIFA or Euro guy or anything, um, but... I used to play soccer video games, so I think you I play could play Mario Strikers. Well, that's not my point here. <laughs> okay, so in soccer, and I think the rule again, the rules are the same whether it's whether you're talking MLS, FIFA, Euro, they're all the same basic clock rules, right? So you have like usually 45 minutes to a half, right? Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that the whole game should take about 90 minutes, but then there's the whole concept of extra time, mm-hmm. which is because the clock never stops in no. soccer, right? Mm-mm. So does the extra time only apply when there's fouls? Injuries, too. Or injuries. Yeah. Okay. So, like, if a guy, you know, tackles a guy and gets a yellow card, that clock keeps running that whole time. Yes. And they so just if it, tackle So, if, so if it end. takes a ref, like, a minute to sort this out, mm-hmm. then at the end of the game, once that once the clock hits 90 minutes, it'll go past obviously it. past 90. Yeah. And it, they'll show it on the TV. They'll show the graphics saying, like, extra time. Yeah. But then, but unless the, unless the announcers say it, and I just don't realize it, but do they, they don't ever actually know exactly how much extra time they have, do they? Like the refs keep track of it, but do the fans know? How not much time you re- is like if you're in the stands, you might not. Yeah, like it's it's very odd. Like watching. usually, it's what on a given game you have maybe an extra like five five ten minutes of extra time. Is there, if there's yeah. a lot of fouls and stuff, because you have to think too. Like during basketball and and hockey, you all you can see the score like mm-hmm. on a scoreboard. Soccer, you. There's not anything like that usually. Well, they have a scoreboard, so, right? They have a clock. I'm just saying. Do they... um, no, I mean like when you're playing it, not professionally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's never a way to know the time. Like unless you ask the ref, ref specifically, mm-hmm. there's no way to ever know the time. So like you're just, you're playing and you're just feeling like it's 45 minutes and eventually the whistle comes. But you never, even as your player, you never really know. Obviously, when you're professional, you have the, the clock. But And now, now soccer obviously can... I guess probably outside of like, you know, major tournaments and stuff like that. Like a regular soccer match can end in a tie, obviously. But is it, does it always just like once, so once the extra time is up, that's it. It's just a tie, right? They don't do like a, a shootout or anything. They only do shootouts in like the tournaments, tournaments. usually. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I 
don't watch nearly enough soccer to be any kind of expert on this. But uh, but I do know, like I said, if you have a tie game or even within one goal, the last once it gets extra time, it's obviously super intense. Like most players are kicking it to an extra gear because they're either trying to. They're usually super pooped by that. Well, true, but I'm just saying, like, (laughs) if you're within a goal or even if it's high, you're trying to kick it. Oh yeah, you're fighting for your life. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll admit, like, I've never seen where any other sport we've talked about so far. I, I've seen every other sport live, especially a lot of basketball and hockey. Mm. But um, I've never seen a like professional soccer game live, like an MLS or any kind of like FIFA. Obviously, yeah, we do yeah. have the option to do that. We just yeah, never we have. always go to TFC, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just those games just feel so long, <laughs> and they're and well, honestly, they probably would last shorter than most of the other sports. What like, what is a typical soccer match on TV go for? Two, two and a half hours? It's not three hours, right? Like it's not that No, long. but it just feels long because there's only yeah. two halves yeah. and there's barely any stoppage. So yeah, it just it just feels like forever. Mm-hmm. Even playing it it feels like forever. <laughs> and like I said, baseball is kind of the outlier in this example because but let's just take for example, let's say it's a tie game, bottom of the ninth. Let's use this example here. So bottom of the ninth inning, if you're the home team, it's tied. Again, there's no clock. Per se, like the bottom ninth could potentially take an hour, oh, theoretically. Yeah. I mean, if you have enough long at bats and you have a bad reliever off, and you get a yeah, whole bunch actually, of runs. <laughs> I mean, it's been better ever since they put in that, better time wise, I should say, ever since they put in that rule about how a pitcher has to face a minimum of three batters. Yeah, yeah. It used to be in the past, you could bring a pitcher in, bottom of the ninth, he could pitch to one guy. You got left. You got the lefty matchup. Exactly, okay. and then let's say, yeah, the next the next batter up. Like the, what what I like about the bottom of the ninth inning in a close baseball game is all the strategy that goes into it. Especially, mm-hmm. um, well, actually, I shouldn't say that anymore. It's different now. The National League has DHs, but that's true. It used to be had to account for your ground. pitcher, but um, let's just say even nowadays with the DH in both leagues. So bottom of the ninth, um, you know, at that point, obviously, if you have anybody left on your bench, if you manage your bench to that point, you have any injuries and anything. You're likely going to want to keep a guy on your bench that's a good pinch hitter. For or a speedy yeah. guy. Or exactly, for a pinch runner. Mm-hmm. So, and again, it's all matchup based, right? Like, let's just say, take the Blue Jays, for example. Let's just say, theoretically, um, you know, the Yankees bring in a role this Chapman, who's a lefty, and you got Kevin Biggio coming up to bat, who's a lefty. Probably not the best matchup for you. So, ideally, oh, you're, you're probably going to want to say, like, okay, well, let's swap out Biggio for a righty off the bench, which might be like, I mean, in the past, it used Kirk? to be someone like Espinal. Kirk, well, yeah, like if Kirk wasn't playing that day, you could put Kirk in. Now, the thing is, if you do that, you're likely going to want a pinch run for Kirk. Yes. <laughs> uh, if he gets on. A little slow. Um, and Kirk, he's got a little bit of speed to him, but he's not, it's not ideal. Like, obviously, you're going to want to sub in someone like Tapia or, mm. or, have a, or Zimmer, who's faster yes, on the bench. But, yeah, um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, yeah, bottom of the ninth, obviously, I mean, obviously, like I said, whether it's a tie game or a close game, I mean, any kind of home run. You know, you're holding your breath, mm-hmm. whether it's a walk-off or tying the game, but also Every just like... that, even. Yeah, plays at the plate are also intense. You know, if you have a guy on first and the guy hits a double in the gap and the guy's booking around third, and it's always so exciting when you see a guy going to third and you see a third base coach just like whipping yeah. his arm like crazy, giving him the go sign. Yeah. And then you got a close play at the plate. You know, you got someone like Gallo or Harper throwing it in from right and... Yeah, and you're waiting for the the, the the tag, see if the guy got his art. And I love that there is an art to sliding at home for sure. Like... Yeah, I I'd say nine nine out of ten times you want to slide in head first, obviously, so you can either you can get your hand in over mm-hmm. the plate. Like usually, like you see guys like Springer that are really good at this. Say they slide around like sideways. Well, 
Yeah, you can turn your body. I'm just saying, like, you're going to slide. You're not, you're not going to go to the inside of the play. You're going to go to the outside when okay. you're running, right? Because you're going to, the, the, the catcher is usually, if he's catching a ball from center or right field, he has to be mm. in front of the plate. And ideally, he's going to grab it and try and spin around and tag you before you get past into the plate, right? right. Whether he tags your hand or your arm or something. Mm-hmm. But if you slide down, because that way you can you can put your, uh, it's hard to explain this little visual, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, your momentum, of, obviously, when you're sliding, but also, like, you slide in, you try and get your hand on the corner of the plate. Yeah. Because a lot of times the catcher will go to tag you, and if you're sliding down, if you keep your body really low, they're going to try and swipe tag you, and usually they're going to try mm-hmm. and hit your, your back or your butt or something. And if you get the hand in first, then and a lot of times, you know, if it's closed, obviously that's an instant replay is for. They're making but, the bases bigger next year, right? Is it all the bases? I'm or not sure. I, th- I know they said second base for sure was going to get bigger. Because second is usually, because that's the one that. Do they get stolen the most? Well, no, not, well, not, well. Because that, that, but also I think it's just because a lot of time when guys wrap, second base is kind of like the hardest base to round when you're running. Uh, like, so a lot of times guys, you know, you, you kind of hesitate when you're running around second because you obviously have to put your foot on the bag, but then you want to keep your momentum yeah. going to third. And I think having the base a little bigger just makes it so guys don't like trip over the corner. You see a lot of guys going around second, they just kind of like eat it and <laughs> they trip oh, on the bag no. and, and just fall between like second and third. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it, given the situation, any sport can be intense in the final period, quarter, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting how each sport has their own. Obviously, every sport has their own different strategy implications. But also, when it, whether it comes down to timeouts, you know, clock management, substitutions for players, it's just weird. Um, to, it's just weird. Like baseball, the whole game plays the same. Yeah. Where, but you have like NBA and NFL, where you're like two minutes is special. Right. Yeah, because you're either in the NBA, you're either fouling everybody if you're mm-hmm. losing. In the NFL, it's, you know, you got to get out of bounds. Yeah. Um, There's so many extra rules. <laughs> I, I love I love the end, I love the end of, an, of an NFL game where you have a team that has no timeouts left. And mm. um, let's say, let's say there's like, they're on like, they're, let's say they're in midfield, they're losing by like a touchdown, and they throw a ball over the middle and they start doing the whole like lateral plays. They oh, just, yeah, they, they pass it back. Throw it behind the other yeah. guy, throw it to that guy. And then every, every once in a while, like, maybe, I say once in a while, I mean, maybe like, Less than five percent of the time yeah. it'll work, but there are some times where, like, either because the defense is just unorganized or they overcommit to a player, but sometimes guys can actually break off a good, uh, good escape, you know, around the sideline and either get out of bounds for a field mm-hmm. goal try, or they can maybe go all the way if it's, you know, someone like a Tyree Hill or something. But I know how much you love when it's like the two minutes and the the losing team scored a field or scored anything and they come back to do a kick and i'm all i'm always yelling onside kick onside kick like i'm just this is the only chance where i'm gonna actually see it and i i love every team that does them you know what i love about nfl too is depending on who the opposing quarterback is a lot of times teams don't want to score too quickly because you don't want to give you don't want to give the other guy too much time yeah like you'll always see when a, don't give Brady back the ball. Exactly. Let's take as long you know, as possible. You know, don't give Brady or Mahomes or anybody the ball. You know, whether even if losing by a touchdown, like don't give them yeah. the ball with like a minute and a half left. Mm-hmm. You know, you just know they do magic. Score. Yeah, it's, it's inevitable. <laughs> like, there'll be times where like where they'll tell players like if a team is already winning or even just like winning a field goal, they'll be like, okay, like if you're if there's like two minutes less than two minutes, well, less than two. So let's say there's like a minute and a half left in the mm-hmm. game and you're going to score. Some guys might just like literally fall down at the one yard line. Yep. And just to buy more time. Yeah. <laughs> but. Oh, no. I fell. Then then if that's your fantasy person, you're really angry. Oh, I know. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> there goes my six points. 
It's funny you mentioned fantasy because now you and I are playing each other in fantasy baseball this week. Yeah, again. It's going to come down to the weekend. It always does. It always does. Most of my pitchers are on the weekends. Yeah, so. but unfortunately, all of my guys are on IL this week. Mm-hmm. So everybody's got COVID. So. Everybody's still getting COVID in yeah, baseball? I have two people with COVID. I have one person that had COVID for three weeks now. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing great. Having a great time with pitchers lately. Had to pick up one today because I dropped Danny Jansen, because he gets too boo-booed, and I picked up his buddy Kirk. I feel bad for Danny. Yeah. I do. Kirk, it was Kirk, not his fault. Kirk is capitalizing on this extra play. Yes, time, but he is sure. doing great. He is. He is yeah. stepping up, but Jansen, man, he came back with a vengeance. He did great, and now he's on the IL again. It is not his fault, but it is what it is, and I had to drop him. I'm very sorry. Please forgive me. Well, uh, what should we pose as the email topic for our listeners this week? Why don't we just keep it simple? Why don't we say something like um, any of the sports we discussed tonight, or maybe even one ones night. we don't know? Yeah, you know, <laughs> badminton. I didn't talk about cricket or rugby, volleyball, or any other team sports. But let's just say let's keep it to the, the maybe the five sports we mentioned tonight. Then, um, what 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 for you is the most intense sport to for the to watch the final? You know two minutes of the game in and i'll say too out of all the sports we mentioned tonight though the thing i hate most about the nfl is especially in the last two minutes is the, all the, the tv timeouts oh 100 yeah. percent. any opportunity to get those last few yeah. bucks in there right. and what is our email link sir when opposites react at gmail.com all right well uh hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight uh if you're a sports fan at all you know hopefully one of those sports appeal to you and You'll, you'll, you know, you can obviously, if you're a fan of any of those sports, you'll know what I'm talking about. I didn't give specific examples of some of them, but, I mean, you can find intense finishes on mm. in any given night, you know. I think, like, one of the best NFL ones is, like, Brady beating Atlanta in the Super Bowl. No, 28-3 comeback. That yeah. was crazy. If you yeah. want to watch one, watch that one. <laughs> Heartbreak for Atlanta. Poor Matt Ryan. I feel like Buffalo's had a lot of intense finishes with Josh Allen. That's the, true, too. The with KC, the playoff <gasps> That game. was yeah. ho- also stupid, heartbreaking. Stupid coin toss every oh, time. Oh, my mm. gosh. But, yeah. yeah. It, it's so intense. <laughs> yeah, football and... Football and hockey, for sure. These games in the past have had me screaming, screaming at my TV in the last two minutes. Tyler has to, like, leave. I think I've told this before. Okay, Tyler, like, leaves. Once. I know. Once. But you left yes. the house. Because it was too intense for you to handle. <laughs> no, because the problem is I knew what was going to happen and I was correct. I knew they would blow it. Mm-hmm. Sounds so, like you were predicting. Yeah, well. Enjoy being a Leafs fan. You don't enjoy it. No. But you still, every year you have some hope. It's in your blood. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email, any topic, whether it's tonight or a previous episode, if you're just catching up. And we'll be back same time next week. Boys. Bye.